salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish, and I am coming up on the midnight hour. By the time you hear this show, it will be the weekend, and I am giving you this show right after the Thursday night game between the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. If anybody watched that game, I praise you because I think a lot of people probably took the time out to go to bed early knowing that this was a route early and the Atlanta Falcons had no answer, absolutely no answer for that New England Patriots defense. It was a despicable game to say the least it was horrible it was a dumpster fire say whatever it is that you want to say about it it was not good and if you were a fan of the Atlanta Falcons outside of mere disappointment that you may have right now the biggest question that may come to your mind is why in God's name do we draft Kyle Pitts <laughs> yes Anybody that's been listening to this podcast so now didn't listen to the commission. You didn't listen to Professor Kamish when I spoke during draft night and told everybody on this podcast that picking up Kyle Pitts was the worst move for the Atlanta Falcons because they needed more people on the offensive line to protect an ailing aging Matt Ryan. This guy is old. In comparison to a lot of the other quarterbacks you see right now in the league, he is one of the older quarterbacks still playing the NFL. The Falcons lost pitifully by a score of 25 to nothing. Absolutely nothing. Which means for the last two games, they've managed to put up all of three points. Who are we going to blame for this dumpster fire? Who are we going to blame for the terrible, heinous show of football over the last few weeks? Mind you, they won three straight going into that game against Dallas. They won three straight games. That last game that they won came at the hands of the New Orleans Saints. Now, mind you, they won with maybe five seconds left to play in the game, but a W is a W, right? So we're not going to squander on the fact that Atlanta probably won a chippy. They probably won by the skin of their teeth. It's the point that from that win, they have looked horrible since. Terrible. And it's, it's a testament of what this team, this organization right now, has put together that I think they want to say is decent. Maybe there's some level of content behind what they put together. Maybe the blame should be placed on Arthur Smith, new coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He reminds me a lot of Freddie Kitchens. Now everybody out there saying, oh man, you can't talk like that about Arthur Smith, the commission. You can't talk about Arthur Smith like that. Well, why not? Why can't I? We were so quick to throw Freddie Kitchens under the bus after his first year in Cleveland. People didn't know what to think of this man. And I don't know what to think of Arthur Smith. He had a great thing going in Tennessee. Probably was all the world to Ryan Tannehill in that offense. Was probably the reason why they were so good then. 
But at the same time, Atlanta takes a chance with him. He comes over and he decides that he's going to manage the draft to a degree. And he went after Kyle Pitt's fourth pick overall. And everybody thought, oh, my gosh, that's the best thing they could have done. That's a great pick. No, it's not. You can't ask Kyle Pitts to block for Matt Ryan. You can't ask for Kyle Pitts to go out there and run the ball 200 times. I mean, Kyle Pitts is depending. He is a dependent on Matt Ryan to give him the ball. And as of lately, I don't think Matt Ryan's even looking for Kyle Pitts to get the ball. If Kyle Pitts gets the ball from this point on, it would be blessings from God. Because there's just no way that Matt Ryan wants to give this man any type of play. But before I start reaming on Kyle Pitts and the whole coaching staff, I guess it's only fair to come into the defense of the Atlanta Falcons when I say that when you saw Julio Jones walk out the door, and then sometime later, several weeks later, we see football go at it and we see Calvin Ridley go through his drama. Now, this drama could be legit. We don't know what's going on in the world of Calvin Ridley. All we know is that Calvin Ridley is not in the frame of mind to want to play for Atlanta. And you know what? Maybe there's a reason behind this outside of mental impairment or mental illness or mental health. Maybe it's the fact that Arthur Smith really didn't believe too much in Calvin Ridley by picking up Kyle Pitts. Maybe a lot of the hype started to center around more of Kyle Pitts and what he could do as opposed to what Calvin Ridley has done. There's a reason why Julio Jones left Atlanta with the help of Arthur Smith, but there's a reason why they didn't keep him there. And he's probably one of the best receivers that we've seen since Calvin Johnson. And you decide to let him go. You decide to let one of the best receivers leave because you felt as though you had things straight between Calvin Ridley and the receiving the receiving squad that they have, the receiving quarter they have, and the addition of Kyle Pitts. And I made it clear on this podcast that they made one of the worst moves moving forward because what they did was they they solved a short-term solution by adding Kyle Pitts to the regime. But it's not up to Kyle Pitts to do the work of this team, this offensive team, to try to block and protect Matt Ryan. And anybody that saw Thursday night's game can now understand where I'm coming from, where they needed a Penny Sewell to block for Matt Ryan. Now, many could say, well, that wouldn't have been enough, but we don't know. We can't sit here and say for sure if that would have been enough or not. It's the point that they didn't even go after the offensive lineman in the first round or second round. They took it upon themselves to go after Kyle Pitts and then I believe a safety in the second round or a corner in the second round. So they didn't even address the offensive line when they really needed to in the first two rounds of the draft. And then they really didn't matter at that point because a lot of those other guys that you could have selected are all gone. So you leave Matt Ryan out there 
to dry, so to speak. You kind of leave him out there with a target on his back. Say, well, here you go. Take your shots while you can. Because it won't last much longer. Because at some point, you're going to have to let Matt Ryan go and bring in another quarterback. And if they're thinking that Josh Rosen is going to be the answer to this solution, or this problem, I should say, then God bless you. There's a reason why he wasn't a quarterback in Arizona. and there is There was a reason why he wasn't a quarterback in Miami. And it really didn't make a difference who the coach was. He's just not a good quarterback. Plain and simple. I don't have a lot of stats to give regarding Thursday night's game, but there are two that I want to bring up just to make my point. Matt Ryan threw the ball 28 times, completing 19 of those passes for 153 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Matt Ryan is done as a quarterback in the NFL. Or let's just say a quarterback within the Atlanta team. He's done. There's nothing about this team that I can sit here and say, you know what, they can bring this around. They can resurrect what's left of the season and perhaps make a shot for the playoffs. No. Cam Newton's back with Carolina. If you had a shot at all, It was the fact that Carolina was taking the skid right around the time that you guys were taking the skid. But they've improved their offense. They went after a man they probably should have let go and probably wasted millions of dollars on Teddy Bridgewater and and Sam Darnold to try to keep this team afloat and just went after the guy they knew they needed from the start in Cam Newton. What did Atlanta do during this process? What did they do as far as making any trades? Checking what was on waiver wire? Anything. They've done absolutely nothing. And maybe they can sit there and say, well, it's only two games. That we're only about maybe a game or two away from the playoffs. If that's your idea of motivation, if that's your idea of optimism, then you guys are losers. Because there's nothing left to show based on what we saw Thursday night to give us an impression that this Atlanta Falcon team has all the chances in the world to make it the playoffs. Despite whatever it is you thought you were doing against the Dallas Cowboys and in spite of what you thought you were doing against New England Patriots, this team is horrible. Somewhere or another, Arthur Blank is probably trying to get some sleep. He's probably taking as much melatonin as he can because he cannot get to sleep knowing that this team is just so god-awful bad. So what are we to do? What are we to think about this Atlanta team at this point? And, you know, if all the fans that live in Atlanta, shout out to you guys. You know, I, I, I can understand to a degree where you are right now. Where it wasn't too long ago, we are talking about the Super Bowl. It wasn't too long ago, we were talking about Matt Ryan being the MVP of that team. It wasn't that long ago. And we saw the good work that they did. And I want to believe, I think, that year they've only lost two games. Perhaps three. Not including the Super Bowl, of course. But that team was awesome. And a lot of those guys that were on that team are no longer there. The coach himself, Coach Quinn, is no longer there. A lot of those guys have moved on since that Super Bowl. But the problem was that since that time, you did nothing 
to put any type of key assets or pieces around Matt Ryan to improve the team. And maybe you thought you were doing the right thing. Maybe you thought that if I just resurrect the offense by bringing in Kyle Pitts, that perhaps we could somehow rebound after losing Julio Jones. Kyle Pitts had three receptions for 29 yards against the New England Patriots. And this is your first round pick. Fourth overall in the draft. The soon-to-be Hall of Fame tight end that plays as a receiver. There's no way in God's green earth that Kyle Pitts is going to make the Hall of Fame with this team that he's playing with. And I can tell you right now, Dolls of Donuts, if they decide to get rid of Matt Ryan, God bless whoever becomes the quarterback of that team after him because no one is going to fill those shoes of Matt Ryan to allow Kyle Pitts an opportunity to even think or even smell the Hall of Fame. And I'm just calling it for what it is. His best bet is Matt Ryan. Almost to a degree what we saw with OBJ and Eli Manning. As much as he wanted to throw dirt on Eli Manning, Eli Manning took that team to the playoffs. We can't help if you took your fool behind in Miami and didn't show for that game against Green Bay. I'm not saying that Kyle Pitts is anything like OBJ as far as his personality goes. But it's just the point that we think that because you're a great tight end, that it's going to transfer over what you did at Florida to what you're doing now with the Falcons. One problem, ladies and gentlemen, the quarterback that you need to throw the ball, the, the, the quarterback that needs to be upright and throw the ball to Kyle Pitts is getting shellacked. He's getting laid out like carpet because the offensive line fails to do enough to protect Matt Ryan long enough to throw the ball to Kyle Pitts. So whether he's a fourth overall pick, whether he's a first round pick, whether he becomes all pro, the truth of the matter is this. He won't see a championship if Matt Ryan isn't there. If Matt Ryan is not there, he will not see a championship. He's on the wrong team, and he's on a team that will not improve to make themselves better. Now, this is a good team on the surface, on paper. They look fairly decent coming into the season. They look fairly decent after beating the Jets. And then, like I said, they turned around and beat the the, uh, Saints sometime after that. So it looked as though this team was on track to do work. They went and beat the Dolphins. Okay. All right. They look like a team that has an opportunity of making the playoffs. Then they played Dallas. And then they played the Patriots. And everything that I thought about the Atlanta Falcons came to life again that Thursday night. And it's, it's, it's amazing how we saw that Thursday night game between Baltimore Baltimore and Miami. And we were up in arms about the fact that Baltimore lost so badly to Miami. People say, well, they shouldn't be any more Thursday night games. It's got nothing to do with Thursday night games. It's just the fact that on any given day, there's going to be one team to smack you in the mouth, to wake you up knock you back to reality and make you realize, hey, listen, just because we're a highly ranked team, just because we may be a high-seeded team, doesn't mean it guarantees us a chance at the Super Bowl. So for the Ravens, they had to regroup. 
And, you know, whether they decide to regroup at all or not with Atlanta, I can't sit here and say that they're going to be a team that's going to be a powerhouse, even if they do make the playoffs. Nothing about what I saw Thursday night gives me an impression that this team is worthy for the playoffs. Now, a lot can happen. A lot can be done to make things better. But I just don't think they have the pieces in play right now to be a superior team, especially in the NFC South. Oh, my goodness. You got to be kidding me. So says the commission. What a game for Thursday night. Mac Jones has an impressive game for over 200 yards. He only had four missed completions. Four missed completions. Now, many people can say, well, you know, he had a great night and they played the Atlanta Falcons, but it's still Mac Jones. He's still a rookie. And in spite of the fact that they played the Falcons, it's the fact that he took that team to Atlanta on a short week and still won 25 to nothing. Yeah, the defense had a whole lot to do with it, but the defense are not motivated to play defense unless Mac Jones is ready and able to commit on offense. It was a good game for the Patriots. I'm proud of the Patriots of where they're going. No, I'm not a fan, but I'm a fan of football, and I like to see these stories where you can say that the New England Patriots are the perennial underdog of this season because they go in with a brand new quarterback. They let Cam Newton go, and they don't miss a beat. They've won five straight games, and they've shellacked their opponents like ease, like clockwork, like no problem. It's amazing to watch. But we know what else is amazing to watch for this coming weekend. I know everybody's up on the Cowboys and the Chiefs, and I believe they're playing in Kansas City. I'll say this much about the Dallas Cowboys, and I'll move on. I am a hater of the Dallas Cowboys. Shout out to all you Dallas Cowboy fans. Shout out to the city of Dallas. I got to believe it is a wonderful city. I got to believe that the fans do nothing more but root for their boys, their Cowboys. And I get it. And I don't take anything away from the fandom there is when talking about America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Good for you guys. I think the true test of this season may come down to this weekend when you're playing the Chiefs in Kansas City. Why? Because everybody has already anointed the Dallas Cowboys as the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. So apparently they're going to go into the NFC Championship game and then knock the socks off of either Tampa Bay, Arizona, Los Angeles Rams, or the Green Bay Packers, or so it seems. It seems like those are the top contenders going into the NFC Championship game as we speak. So let's play devil's advocate. Let's just say that Dallas wins by three touchdowns. Let's just say Dak has an extraordinary game against the Rams or against the Buccaneers. It would be, uh, it would be poetic justice. I guess you could say if they decide to, if it should come down to the Buccaneers and the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, 
because that was the first game of the season that we saw where Dallas could have won against Tampa Bay then, and they didn't. So let's just think that if it meant going to the Super Bowl and it came down to Tampa Bay and Dallas again, deja vu all over again, and now it's going to be in Tampa Bay, which could be the case. But Dallas throws three touchdowns and wins by three touchdowns. So they look overly impressive going into the Super Bowl. And now they got to take on the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. All I can say is this. For Dallas to get to that point, a lot is riding on this game this weekend. To say that if they get past the Chiefs, that nothing could stop them. Outside of what impact the New York football giants can put on them. And, and, and I'm only rooting the Giants because they're probably the only other NFC team that we are not talking about that is playing solid, extraordinary, outstanding football. No, it's not pretty. They should have won against the Chiefs, and I get all of that. But they were competitive. But they came to play. They didn't sit back and let the Chiefs just hand it to them. They went out there and did work. The Giants have a gripe. They have a fighting argument to say that we are probably one of the better teams that is at this point underrated because of our offense that cannot produce enough points to compete with a lot of these teams. But they still win with dignity. Most wins are with dignity, but with but with the Giants, it's different. With the Giants, there's something about it that stands out. It's very significant with the Giants. It's a very blue-collar team that just smacks you around for 60 minutes, and if they're fortunate enough, and if Daniel Jones is fortunate enough, they can win that game, no problem. They should have won against the Chiefs. They, did an extra- they had an extraordinary game against Carolina, and they played some good football. And I got to believe when they play the Buccaneers on Monday night, they're going to play outstanding football, similar to what we saw last year on Monday night. So this is going to make for must-see TV this weekend. Mind you, we're going into week 11 of the NFL schedule. 11. This is where we are, ladies and gentlemen. We are nearly two-thirds of the way through the NFL, NFL season. I'm sad. I'm sad because I'm sitting here thinking what else to talk about. And all I can think about the fact that this season is almost over. If you're playing fantasy football, your season is just about over. I'm in two leagues. I can tell you right now, one of my leagues, it is over. (laughs) Man, it's, it's sad to see football go. I love it. It's what I'll definitely miss over the next month and some change as we get closer to the playoffs. A lot of big games going on for week 11. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I gave you two games right now that should be worth watching. And I'm pretty sure come Monday night, I'll have something to talk about with the Giants. But until that time comes, you have been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. And I have been your host, the commission. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank all of those that have been listening to this podcast to this point. It means so much to me, really does. I will touch more on football when the time comes. I hope everybody has a great weekend. And I will also touch on the NBA as well soon enough. Keep your ears open. It'll come sometime right before Thanksgiving. 
giving. So with that being said, I'm going to end this by saying peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. And I'm out.